0: This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, a daily roundup of local news that you can use, including local sports, local events, local opinion, and local weather from DMV Weather. Now, here's your host, publisher of Eye on Annapolis,
1: John Frenet. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 8th. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. As they say in Jamaica, it's Iriman. Little tense moments for some people on board a Southwest Airlines plane yesterday headed for Montego Bay as it hit a patch of ice on the runway and ended up skidding off just before takeoff. There were no injuries reported. The Transportation Authority police and Southwest Airlines both responded to the incident scene. But from what we understand this morning, the 140 people aboard are having a good time in Montego Bay. Exciting news for Odenton, Anne Arundel County's first independent brewery is very close to opening. The Crooked Crab Brewing Company is prepared to open on February 17th, which is only eight days away. It's opening up in a former manufacturing space on Telegraph Road, and they will have a grand opening kickoff at noon on February 17th. Neil Simon, a local businessman, not the playwright, launched his independent bid for Senate seat yesterday. He will take on Senator Ben Cardin, the incumbent, who is very popular here in Maryland, and also Chelsea Manning, a noted leaker of government information. Maryland's six casinos had gaming revenue of $127 million in January, up 1.2% from 2017. And this is also the first month where we can actually compare year-over-year numbers with MGM National Harbor, which opened up in December of 2016. MGM National Harbor did account for $50.2 million of it, Live at Arundel Mills slipped a bit, and they're in second place with $43.5 million. The head of the Anne Arundel County Chamber of Commerce, Bob Burden, is calling it quits. He announced his retirement yesterday morning, and he has been with the Chamber of Commerce since 1997. Burden now is the fourth departure of an executive director or CEO of a Chamber of Commerce in the county in the last year. The Chamber's Board of Directors will form a committee to start searching for his replacement as soon as possible. Burden has said that he will assist in the transition. County Executive Steve Hsu is trying to reassure the Crownsville residents on the Bayhawks proposal. Hsu has sent out a letter to every Crownsville resident explaining that the county is not working with the Bayhawks and it is a private project that the Bayhawks have floated. And he said in the letter that the county is not a partner in any proposed development project and has not agreed to any redevelopment proposals. Hsu has said that the current version of the project is not viable due to the general scope of it. It would require a new exit ramp onto I-97, which essentially requires an act of Congress as well as funding, and you've got so many different owners that are involved there as well. He also addressed the letter that he had sent to the DNR asking for them to deed over the county fairgrounds to the county, and the reason that he wants to do that, he claims, is that he wants to do improvements to the fairgrounds to make it better for the annual County Fair and does not want to do that without owning the property. You can actually hear more of County Executive Steve Shue. He was a guest on the Maryland Crabs podcast last week. And actually, we can talk to Stuart Pittman, who is challenging the County Executive for his office in this year's election. And he is on this week's episode. So check all them out at themarylandcrabs.com. Hang tight. We've got George Young with DMB Weather coming right up with your local area forecast.
0: I'm Sean O'Neill, your local RBC Wealth Management Advisor. When you choose to work with me, you'll have access to a worldwide network of financial products and services only available from a leading global institution. RBC's international reputation for physical strength and stability, world-class capabilities, and corporate values is unique in the financial services industry. I also recognize the importance of reinvesting in the communities in which we live and work, and I'm committed to serving my clients by building long-term relationships based on trust, integrity, and confidence. I look forward to helping you with your wealth management needs. Call me, Sean O'Neill, today at 410-573-6723 for a complimentary consultation. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPIC. This is Maryland. The weather can be nearly unpredictable. We've got George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis to sort it all out.
2: Hey everyone, this is George from DMV Weather with your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Thursday, February 8th. More cold temps this morning along with some even colder wind chills and a little bit of ice on some area roads and sidewalks as highs today will only get into the mid-30s or so. Then after another cold night tonight with temps once again getting down into the 20s across all of Anne Arundel County, we'll see temps back into the 40s tomorrow, despite skies mainly cloud-filled throughout the day. Then comes the weekend, and while above average temp-wise, it's likely to be a fairly gray and often rainy weekend as another storm system moves through the region. The silver lining in all of this? There's likely little to no chance of any frozen precipitation for at least the next 10 or 12 days. So plan on full days of school all of next week and into the following week before our next winter weather maker comes around, possibly sometime around the 21st of the month or so. Okay, that's it for us today. Make sure you download our free weather app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store on all of your devices by searching for DC. MDVA Weather, and also follow us on our website at dmvweather.com or on Twitter or Facebook, so you can always stay weather-informed. This is George Young of DMV Weather with your Annapolis forecast. Remember, whatever the weather outside, have fun and be safe. They say opinions are like... Here we are
1: with a dose of opinion for you. Hey, let's talk about Philadelphia for just a little bit. I know everyone in the area may not love the Eagles, but hell, they beat the Patriots, so... They can't be all that bad, right? But today, I don't want to talk about the Super Bowl. I want to talk about the riots that happened after the Eagles won their first Super Bowl last Sunday night. The city went nuts, plain and simple. Celebration is a great thing. Being an asshole is not. And unfortunately, there were many assholes in Philadelphia on Sunday night. Traffic poles were torn down. Windows were busted out. A convenience store was looted. An awning was destroyed and a car was overturned. As unfortunate as it is, it happens. It happens when a team wins a championship. It happens in Philly, in Boston, in New York, Chicago, Miami, Happy Valley at Penn State, and right here in College Park and Towson. On Monday, I saw several posts on Facebook deriding the city and the media's response to the riots, citing white privilege for a nonchalant attitude. While Ferguson and Baltimore were national news and the rioters were called thugs and miscreants. You just can't compare the two. You simply can't. And here's why. You need to look to the root of the incident. Look to the why. Let me be very clear rioting is wrong, no matter the incident. But there are many differences between Philly and Ferguson or Baltimore. Philly was a riot of celebration. For the most part, it was a timed event. And the city knew that. The city knew that it would be ending soon. And they also knew that on Monday morning, they would wake up with a hell of a hangover and would need to go to work fixing and cleaning up probably a million dollars or more worth of damage. Anyone that participated in that melee did so without the expectation that they might be hurt. Yes, there were some injuries and I understand there was one death, but generally people did not feel unsafe. Police officers especially were relaxed. They were not on the front lines of any aggression. They were arresting people they saw breaking the laws, but they were high-fiving others that were not. And Philly is a very integrated town. This most certainly was not a riot of wealthy BMW driving lax bros. There were all types of people represented on Sunday night. Male, female, black, white, Latino, Asian, gay, straight, tall, short, blue eyes and green eyes, as well as brown eyes. The city was happy and celebrating a win, as misguided as it might have been. Now let's take a look at Baltimore and Ferguson. The riots there were not out of happiness. They were out of anger. The rioters were pissed off, rightfully so. People participating in those riots did indeed fear for their safety. Police officers were on edge because they didn't know who might be looking to exact revenge on them. They didn't know how long the rioting would last. The day after those riots, it was like a bottle of shampoo. Just lather, rinse, and repeat. Unfortunately, the cause of the rioting in Baltimore and Ferguson was a horrible abuse of power by the police against a black man, and most of the protesters were black. That's to be expected in those two incidents. And as for the claim that the media was giving Philly rioters a pass, I'm not sure where that came from. It was all over the news. The police were and are continuing to arrest people that they can identify who broke the laws. In fact, the son of a longtime Villanova sports broadcaster was arrested for leading the charge to upend that car that everyone he saw. There was also talk about the, quote, city burning, unquote, and how people, quote, are destroying the city, unquote. Yes, there was damage. But it was not citywide. It was focused in certain specific areas, typically where the largest crowds gathered. And because they say there's a bad apple in every bunch, well, on Sunday night, there were a lot of bunches around town. Make no mistake, rioting and the violence that ensues is not acceptable under any circumstance. But to blatantly say that Philly got a pass because they were white is doing nothing more than stirring a pot that is already simmering to an uncomfortable level. Just like it was in the 1960s. We have a lot of work to do in this country on race relations, and I do believe that we can accomplish it if we work together, not apart. And I just feel that statements like this divide more than they convene. And that's what I'm thinking today. Thanks for listening to the Ion
0: Annapolis Daily News Brief. If you like what you heard, make sure to tell your friends and colleagues about it. And also tell them about our website, ionanapolis.net, where you can find much more. Be sure to check out our other weekly podcast, The Maryland Crabs. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.